I just want to do God's will. The kind of revolution that the world needs is a Christian revolution. If you want a miracle, you've got to expect it to happen. You're the recipients of God's grace and God's blessings, and you rejoice in that reality. Welcome to Life Today Live. You know, as we've been celebrating our country here on the 4th of July, uh, we're going to look a little bit outside. And just like yesterday when we talked to Chad Robichaux about that incredible rescue going on in Afghanistan uh, around, you know, he's got this book, Saving Aziz, eventually a film. By the way, if you missed that because you're celebrating the 4th of July, you can see that on uh, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Twitch, all at, and Rumble, all slash Life Today TV. That's our handle, Life Today TV. And uh, as well as on Life Today Live at lightsource.com and the podcast out there. Anyway, uh, if you missed the Chad Robichaux uh, program, definitely check that out. Uh, you'll, you'll hear an amazing story of uh, rescuing people in Afghanistan. And it's not gone away. There are still people that are in danger in Afghanistan uh, and other parts of the world where, where Christians and uh, people not like those in power are being persecuted Uh and even killed and so we're going to talk about some more of that today i like to get us americans not so focused on ourselves and <laughs> anybody here in the west and i know canada you're a little more broad-minded you tend to be but we got to look outside we got to go what is going on out there and as christians we have to understand these are our brothers and sisters in christ we have a responsibility to to pray for them to help when we can some uh, like today's guest have been called to give their lives to helping others and so Appreciate you guys being here. Jump in if you want to be a part of the conversation. My guest today is the CEO of an organization called Big Life. His name is John Harima, uh, and he's gonna he's gonna I think open your your mind to uh, some situations that are urgent, uh, need our our prayer and our action uh, today. So glad you guys are here. Hope you had a good break. I'm excited to be back. A lot of great guests lined up this month. So. It's going to be a good one. John, welcome to Life Today Live. Good to have you here today. Thanks, Randy. Great to be here. So give people just a little bit before we get into Afghanistan and the situation that's going on there right now with, with uh, some of your people. Give us an idea for those who don't know what Big Life is and, and how you started it. Sure thing. Uh, it was actually back in 2000. And uh, we were challenged to read a book called Unveiled at Last by Bob Shogren. And it was all about uh, North Africa, Middle East, South and Central Asia, 1040 window. You know, two thirds of the world's population, 97% of the least evangelized people in the world. Every time your heart beats, someone dies without hearing the name of Jesus one time and broke a heart. But there was a question in the book. It said, are you leading a little life in your own little world? Or are you willing to lead a big life, mm -hmm. a life with a big kingdom impact? I was reading this book at two o'clock in the morning. My wife was eight months pregnant. We thought we had the perfect life. I actually wake her up and say, you need to read this book right now. And uh, the next day, we were just kind of writing down the things that we thought were making kingdom impact, but realized in reality, we weren't. And we just decided to try to make ourselves available for for big kingdom impact. And that's how we actually got the name, Big Life. So so what do you do next? Do a fundraiser or something? <laughs> I, well, I think you, know, you went a little more nobodies. hardcore. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we're a bunch of nobodies, didn't know what that meant. Um, to be honest with you, I was asked to lead a prayer walking trip to Turkey to pray for the people of Iran. Mm -hmm. I said, you know, that's great, but wouldn't it make more sense to go to Iran? And everybody said, you can't. You know, they don't allow Americans, they don't allow Christians. And we did some research, 
and found out that they were looking for Olympic baseball consultants. They wanted to form a Olympic baseball team. And so two other guys and myself uh, faxed the Iranian Olympic committee and volunteered to be their Olympic baseball consultants. <laughs> and they must've been pretty desperate because they agreed. <laughs> so we'd never been overseas before, but next thing you know, we're on our way to Tehran. So, <laughs> so you're in Tehran building an Olympic baseball team uh at least on the outside what were you doing was that all you did was it just inroads or were you were you laying the foundation for something else yeah it was just a matter of getting into the country so we could you know start building those relationships and to be honest with you it was still a hobby for us this is before big life was really really official but i had an opportunity at one time where um one of the top clerics of uh, a portion of iran heard there was american in town and came out and in front of the entire team started asking me questions through an interpreter. And he asked me if I was Muslim and I got the words out that I was a follower of Christ. And he asked me what all the what the difference was between all the different denominations. <laughs> and I basically said, you know, hey, I'm a baseball coach. That's probably above my pay grade. But, you know, what's important to me is a personal relationship with Jesus. And for the next two hours in front of the entire team, he was asking questions about what does it mean to have a personal relationship with Jesus? Mm. Later that night, I'm actually coming home the next day for a little while. At 11 p.m., my phone rings, and um, it's the interpreter and saying that this uh, this cleric wanted to see me at midnight in the park. And uh, you know, there's there's a fear factor there for sure. And um, but I went there and, and met with them. And um, you know, a couple more hours, he asked more questions about having a personal relationship with Jesus, and uh, he he accepted the Lord. Wow. And it was one of the most incredible moments of my life because um, you saw the peace just settle down on this man. The interpreter was going crazy saying, you know what happens if anybody finds out? You know what happens if anybody finds out? But I realized that the Lord had been storing in this guy for a long time mm-hmm. and gave me this unbelievable opportunity. I'm sure I didn't have the proper answers for him. Mm-hmm. The Lord gave me the opportunity to see him draw this man close to him. And came. I came home and told my wife, Kathy, about it. And... Um, you know, with, without hesitation, she said, I think you need to sell the business and focus on doing this full time. And, and we did. Wow. Was the interpreter a Christian? He was not. <laughs> what, what happened to that guy? <laughs> not sure. Um, you know, the, uh, the cleric eventually became a businessman in the, in the country and uh, got out of his role as a, as a, you know, religious leader. So, but uh, did he, did he, do you have any contact with him still or did that just happen? And then you don't really know where he went because I mean, well, it's hard to keep up with people there, right? No, ex- exactly. I, you know, for security reasons, I guess I can't give too much information, ah. but I know exactly where he's at. Uh, okay. I still get emails from some of his friends. He used, he, he, he usually contacts me through his friends. Okay. Uh, cause we just, you know, we realize that everything's being monitored. So, oh yeah. Uh, so yeah, he's doing well. Okay, good. Well, yeah, and he's, and, part, I, he's part of the underground church in Iran, which, as you know, is amazing and it, it, healthy. Yeah, yeah. It, it is. It and and God's really stirring a lot of people over there, uh, and and we need to be mindful of that as believers. But and and I get the security thing, and then please do not, I do not want to put anybody at any kind of risk. So we fully get, get that. that here, right? Um, yeah. But we got another security situation that you guys are focused on heavily right now. What's going on and what has happened, what needs to happen in Afghanistan? Yeah, it's total chaos, but you know, the good news is that chaos leads to opportunity. 
And, you know, Big Life's mission is to empower believers worldwide to reach and disciple their own people. So we empower the indigenous. You know, they, we thought they knew the, you know, they knew the language, they knew the culture, they don't get homesick. That was the beautiful thing about the strategy. But what we realized over the last several years is when times get really, really hard, they run towards the danger instead of running away. Mm. And we got a phone call for some of the former Green Beret guys uh, right before the airport in Kabul got bombed and notified us that they they knew that the airport would be bombed once that happened. They were wondering if we could help get their interpreters and informants out for them because of the, you know, the boots on the ground that we have in the country. Yeah. So our, our guys agreed to do that. And we started off helping the military and then it turned into helping some of the former government officials that were part of the government before Taliban took over, helping them get out of the country. I mean, there's some, you know, just horrific stories about what was happening to them. And then it turned into uh, helping some of the underground believers get out of the country who were being targeted. And then really our guys came to us and said, you know, there's a lot of Muslims who are being targeted, even though, you know, they are Muslim, you know, give us a great opportunity to reach out to them and show them love and mm. and uh, reach out to them. So we help them. And, you know, it's in, in return, as we all know, I mean, the way the Lord moves is when you love God, love people, you know, um, he gives you the opportunities to share truth. And we've seen this incredible harvest uh, because of what's really happened, as awful as it is. So when you when you say help them, what what does what does that mean? Do you guys have planes or vehicles going in and out? Are you working with visas? Are you getting them into other countries legally? You know, so they'll be accepted because I know there's a whole there's layers and layers of complications there. Yeah. So, um, you know, obviously once the airport got bombed, the borders got were closed, and uh, so we re- ended up relocating over the last couple of years, uh, fifty three thousand Afghans. Now a lot of them were relocated to safer areas in Afghanistan, mm-hmm. but you know the majority of them were relocated to surrounding countries in in Central Asia, and we did it in a way that they would have the proper paperwork because you know we couldn't afford to make them dependent on ourselves. Right. So we had to put them in position to thrive. Mm-hmm. So we had to get them the proper paperwork, passports, visas, that type of thing and put them in a position that once they moved into a new country, they could actually get a job mm. and support themselves and their family. And that's, that's the way we move forward. Where do we, I mean, what can you, can you name any countries? Is that smart, safe thing to do? Yeah. I mean, I think most people would realize, you know, the surrounding areas in there. I mean, a lot of them went to some, you know, some Afghans went to UAE, some went to Pakistan, some went to Turkmenistan okay. um, and, you know, other surrounding countries. So. So your your leaders that you've trained, uh, are they there too? Are they still working with the Afghani people in other countries? Did they stay? What's going on from a from a your church organization or Christian organization standpoint? Yeah, it's a great question. We, um, you know, they would bring them to the border, get them across into other countries, turn them over to the other big life leaders in those areas. Oh wow. We encourage them to stay in Afghanistan because this is the greatest opportunity of our lifetime to reach Afghans. Mm. And we didn't want everybody to leave. You know, we want to make sure that the existing underground church there uses this as an opportunity to continue to reach more Afghans. Is that is is it working? What, what's going on? Yeah, we've seen thousands come to the Lord through wow. it because, you know, when when Taliban tortures their own people, yeah, you know, uh, it makes people really question, you know, <laughs> what's truth, and. Mm. You know, a lot of our guys are former extremists who have found the Lord and are now some of the greatest disciple makers I've ever seen. And, you know, they'll tell you we were willing to die for a lie. Now that we know truth, you know, don't ever 
be afraid to ask us to do something hmm. to, to bring truth to more people because because you can't stop us now that we know truth now that we know jesus and we want to make sure everybody has the opportunity to do so you know it's a little bit like uh when saul that was persecuting christians was converted uh and a lot of the christians were like hang on we know this guy uh you know be careful do you have to be careful with some of these? Do you have people trying to infiltrate? Uh, what? How? I mean, because that's not like you don't just kind of do guesswork with that, because that can that can turn bad real fast. But yet, it can be hugely powerful, like when Saul became Paul, right? What? what yeah, like I said, these guys have become the greatest disciple makers I've ever seen. Um, they're willing to go out and put their lives on the line every day, hmm. and they have already. We've already witnessed the fact that they are willing to walk into any situation mm. to try to bring truth. So they've proven themselves. Yeah. I mean, obviously at the beginning, there's always times, you know, those first couple of times I've met with some of those guys, I was thinking, man, I hope this took. Right, right. But the, the Lord has really just anointed them for reaching their own people. Wow. Oh, that that is, man. We don't hear enough about this, I, I don't think, here in the States and in, in the Christian community, because this this is exciting. Um, uh, I want to show people your website. This is the website, big.life. It's not a .com, not a .org. That's actually a thing, people. Big.life, uh, and that's big life. Uh, and that's training people in their own countries uh, and, and building the church, whether above ground or underground, whatever's necessary. Uh, and... This is this is the way we change the world, literally. Uh, and there's some other places, you know. Uh, we talked a little bit beforehand, like Mozambique, where we've done a lot of work uh, feeding and drilling some water wells. It's getting dangerous right now, especially in the northern part. Um, what other hot spots are you dealing with? Yeah, Mozambique, Sudan, South Sudan. Um, obviously, Myanmar is off the charts hostile. Um, you know, it's basically been genocide over the last year or two. Mm. And, um, you know, again, the chaos gives us opportunity, but there are also a lot of people who lose their lives in that process. Mm. And, um, but, you know, the Lord is revealing himself in ways that uh, we certainly wouldn't have expected. Well, let me ask you this, because this, this has got to be tough. When... When you've got a situation that you know is dangerous uh, and you want to protect your people, but you want to be obedient to God, I mean, that's a level of discernment that most of us don't have to have on a regular basis at all, right? But, I mean, it's it could be daily in some of these places. How do you know, you know, the Holy Spirit kept them out of, uh, where was it, parts of Asia in, in the book of Acts at one point, you know? Uh, but yet then they went into places and many of, you know, the, the apostles were martyred, you know, I mean, how do you, how do you know when to go and when to not go into these places? Well, because we're empowering the, the indigenous to reach their own people, we really rely on them. I mean, we are totally dependent on the Holy Spirit yeah. and on the Lord, you know, I mean, that's, you know, as we said earlier, you know, one of the things that wrecked me about being overseas so much is how people are truly dependent on Jesus. And here we're so dependent on ourselves. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we really rely on the experts on the, on the field to, to get their, feel their pulse about what's really happening in the country and when the opportunity, when the window is there. If they feel like the window is closed, um, you know, we'll, uh, we'll go 
below ground for a little while. And then uh, as soon as it pops open again, we'll start moving people. But it's uh, it's really letting using their discernment as they are the experts on the field. I'm curious about technology. You guys, uh, is this all kind of just personal encounters or using the internet where you can or using shortwave radio or using any any kind of, how are you, how are you reaching out to people? Yeah, you know, we have to be really careful with the communication portion of it, obviously, but we, uh, you know, we, we use some of those apps that are very encrypted and, and uh, you know, our, our guys are cautious to use anything like Zoom or Skype or, or telephone or even email, but they will be pretty open on some of these encrypted sites that we can use. And, um, you know, and then there are times, you know, sometimes when we go into country, we, we actually put them in danger because once they're seen with us, they're being followed like crazy. Yeah. So there's times that we bring them out of the country and meet them in places, you know, in, in that part of the world yep. that it, we can be face to face. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and it, that's an interesting thing, too, because there are certain places that people can go that you can go easier that won't raise any suspicions. Uh, and that, I mean, that that is you're dealing with people's lives. I mean, this is this is life and death on a daily basis. And yet you got people that are willing to live and die for the gospel. Um, man, how you does know, they... we've, we've lost a lot of people. Um, we've lost 14 of our leaders just in the last couple of months in Afghanistan. Jeez. Um, we've lost a hundred overall in Pakistan, Afghanistan in the last couple of years, but you know, every time as hard as that is, I mean, that's, that's horrific, but Every time that happens, it's usually like a family member who rises up and says, we're not going to let the enemy win. Hmm. We're going to take this spot and we're going to allow the Lord to use this to bring it to a new level. And um, it's just amazing to see the Lord anoint these these folks. And despite the hardships in the, in the morning that they're going through because of a family member, hmm. just be confident that the Lord's chosen them. And when you say when you say lost someone, you mean murdered by the Taliban? Yeah, killed, martyred. I mean, did, I, I don't. I'm not seeing these news stories, right, in my Yahoo news feed or Google news feed. I mean, are we just completely head in the sand over here as to to what's going on in in, in these? Yeah, places? you know, like right now, there's um, over eight thousand underground believers in Afghanistan, where Taliban's come in and basically taken a lot of the men out and pretending to be Afghan intelligence and questioning them, and then they kill them. So 80% of these 8,000 are are women and children because the men have been killed. And and now Taliban in the past has you know not gone after the men and women, well, not after the women and children and killing them. But in this particular situation, they have started killing the women and children as well. And so it's become this urgent matter for us over the last month. You know, we thought we were we, we were hoping and praying that maybe we were done relocating people, but this has become urgent over the last couple of months, and now we need to get them out. So yeah, we don't hear about it in the media, but every day there's things happening that uh, are shocking. I, hmm, I I didn't ask you this beforehand, so if you don't wanna, if you don't want to get political, you know, from but I just I go, did we just screw that up royally as? as a country in the coalition i mean did we or, or is it a little bit of a case of you know you, you you can only do so much there has to be something in country that changes i mean that's that's a tough one man uh, you know uh, yeah you know the only thing i can go by without getting political would be just 
you know, some of the relationships that we built with the former Green Berets and military guys that have helped get people out. And, you know, they, they have all confided in us several times that, man, if we would have kept, you know, even 2,500 people in, in the country, military people, this never would have happened. Yeah. Um, you know, it's turned into total chaos. I mean, and unfortunately, I mean, I appreciate you bringing this to the light, you know, between Chad yesterday and, and, and today, but, um, you know, for whatever reason, it just seems like it's not part of the, the, the news cycle. I think we know why. <laughs> I won't I won't go down that road right now. Uh, but dear Lord, you know, when we get something close to godly leaders in place, then the people wouldn't suffer as much because that is a principle that's true through time and, and wherever you're at. What does the average person do? You know, the person watching right now. Uh, I mean, I think prayer is underrated. It feels like we're not doing enough, but yet I think it does more than we realize. So obviously prayer is an answer. But, I mean, someone's like, man, I, I just I want to do something. What, what can they do? Yeah, I appreciate that. I, I agree with you on prayer. I mean, prayer moves mountains. We've seen that all through Scripture. We've seen it now. You know, the, the church grows through persecution. We see that all the time throughout Scripture and now. But for us, I think, um, you know, we, we continue to be amazed. We shouldn't be, but we are amazed when we go into times of prayer and, and fasting and become totally dependent on Jesus. But, you know, financially, I mean, obviously this is not something that we saw coming and uh, was never in the budget. And, uh, you know, it, it, there's a great expense to trying to get people to safety so they could go onto the website and, and log on. And uh, there's a, you know, opportunity to be involved financially and perfectly. They can sign up for our, for our prayer letter, uh, prayer email weekly, and, and also get involved financially would be a huge help. And yeah, but prayer for sure is number one. Yeah, I noticed uh, the, the donate now button. Obviously, you're, you're supported by people that care enough to say, hey, I want to I want to be a part of Spreading the gospel and also rescuing people in in danger. Um, the your update, your prayer update. I mean, is is that where people can get updates on yep. what's going on in different places? Yeah, there's a there's an opportunity to, to sign up for a weekly prayer email, and they get a lot of the information. Um, you know, financially, like you said, uh, it, it costs about five hundred dollars per person now to move them. Hmm. Um, you know, in some ways, it seems a lot more expensive than when we started two years ago. But in some ways, still, you know, in Western, you know, Western eyes, it's it's not that expensive. But there's still quite a bit of expense to move them. So there's there's ways to get involved there. Yeah, it's still cheaper than moving out of California to Texas, and people are doing that all the time <laughs> in Florida. You know <laughs> that as well. And the situation is way more urgent over there than it is here. <laughs> not to downplay some of the stuff that's going on here, but. Man, uh, I, so I mean, this is this has grown in. Obviously, this is your life now. Um, what is it? What, what? I don't know. I it, it's this is both. Uh, it's it's interesting. Obviously, um, it's a little mind blowing at times. It can be a little heavy, frankly, to go. Geez, I mean, the world's that messed up that people are being killed for their faith. Uh, and, and the church in the West seems to be sleeping to a great degree. What do you, I don't know, man, what do you, what do you pray for when you, 
when you pray? What do you think about when you lay your head down on the pillow at night? What what is what does John Haramus see as someone who's given your life to helping people in these places? Yeah, I think, you know, my constant prayer daily is that we would continue to run forward when things don't make sense. And, you know, if we if we wait around and um, try to make sense of it, it's never going to happen. You know, one of these guys, you know, I, I told you, one, he's a former Al-Qaeda leader who is one of the amazing disciple makers now. He taught us a lesson several years ago. And we pray this every day to make sure we never forget it. But he says, you know, when I read my Bible, I go do it. And I trust that the <laughs> Lord's going to give me my understanding through my obedience. He goes, it seems in the West, people need to understand it first before they're willing to be obedient. Delayed obedience is disobedience. So our prayer every day is that, Lord, we may not understand it, but give us uh, give us the wisdom to just move forward. Wow. That's that's some cold water, <laughs> you know, wake you up. You read your Bible and go do it. Um, yeah. Change the way we do ministry, actually. You know, in the, in the past, I'm sad to say that we probably did it the old school way, uh, the Western way, where we needed to understand it and make sure it makes sense. And after hearing that, being convicted by that, we decided that we we're going to change tactics. And if it, the Bible tells us to do it, we're going to go do it. Well, and, and you know, you're not— throwing discernment or wisdom on the way by the wayside what you're saying is you're going to get it in the moment as you need it as you're doing it trusting the lord to give us our understanding yeah yeah, yeah. all right man is there anything you want to add anything i missed this has been uh eye-opening and 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 really oh man i just i hope people will go to the website and, and sign up get on the prayer list at least just check you guys out see what's going on if you feel led down the road to start supporting them you'll be you'll be helping our brothers and sisters in christ in some desperate desperate situations uh but la- last word to, G- to you john i appreciate you being here by the way no i just want to thank you again for raising awareness about this because it is horrific um but it is the, like i said earlier the greatest opportunity of our lifetime to reach afghans it's also the greatest opportunity of our lifetime to reach mozambique and and Myanmar and some of these other areas because chaos leads to opportunity and we have to take we have to, you know, to accelerate in those situations instead of, instead of, you know, holding back. Hmm. Hmm. Ooh, all right. There you go. You've seen it. You've heard it. Now you can't not think about it. You can't look away. <laughs> let's, let's do something, man. It's, um, it's, it's a big, it's a big thing, but our God's bigger. That's the good news. Appreciate you guys being here. Check out this website, big.life. You can get more information there. Uh, and if you missed Chad yesterday, go back and watch that on Rescue in Afghanistan. Uh, and come back. We've got more for you right here on Life Today Live. Thanks, Randy.